What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Emerson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Helping a lot. Doing well. It was nice to have two days off, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't really two days off necessarily, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah two days It sounds off, good, yeah. doesn't it? It, it sounds yeah. good, doesn't it? <laughs> You know, it's funny because we got together on Friday and I it felt like we did two and a half podcasts on Friday. Yeah. And then, <laughs> especially when GP jumped in and then, which we could have done, but we didn't do. Uh, and then yesterday, uh, yesterday wasn't too eventful. I, I worked on uh, a, I worked on something, a new intro for um, our exclusive podcast that we, we got coming up on our Telegram channel. And that took some, that took some doing, that took some hours. But uh, yeah, that's, and I will plug that real quick. For those of you who have not, jump onto our Telegram channel. If you're not subscribed to us over there already, we're a public channel. Just search for us when you get there. Dynamic Independence, and it'll pop right up. Join our channel. We will be doing in the future, not only are we mirroring our podcasts onto Telegram now, but we're also going to be putting out an exclusive podcast only in that channel. So you'll get an extra one from time to time, and it won't have you know sensors or anything like that. Marty's already said he's going to increase his vocabulary by 50% just being in there alone, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. he is a sailor, right? So he is. Yeah, he is. He is a sailor. That's true. That's true. And if you don't have an expanded vocabulary when you're a sailor, well, I don't know what to tell you. You're not a very good sailor. They'll probably court martial you. Right. <laughs> Interesting enough thing here to start with. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, right? The FBI. They announced Saturday that they're looking for an armored combat vehicle stolen from a California National Guard facility on Friday. Someone stole a military Humvee from a National Guard armory. Why, why on earth would you do that? Like, really, how far do you think you're going to get with the damn thing? The FBI announced it's offering up to $10,000, uh, up to $10,000 for information leading to the Humvee's location. Four-door military vehicles, green camouflage colored with the battalion number 40th BSB or printed on the vehicle side. Why would you, why on earth would you steal one of these things? The agency added the vehicle was, quote, armored up, meaning it had been outfitted to become a combat vehicle. Theft from, a, see, that doesn't make any sense. Theft from a, a military facility is a federal crime. You're, you're going to end up in, in federal prison if you steal this. Okay, so Humvees, they don't have keys, right? We know that. They don't have keys. Because why would you steal one? What Seriously, why would you do that? So you go and you turn the switch on and you, you drive off with it. On top of that, someone's going to notice when you try and fuel the thing up. The thing gets eight miles to the gallon with diesel fuel. So it's it's not exactly the most fuel efficient thing. How far do you think you're going to get with it? Really? I mean, yes that, okay. that doesn't make any actually, sense. I, I could see them actually getting pretty far with it. And here's why. If they're smart enough. Okay, so if they're smart enough to know that you can steal one because, you know, there's no keys and everything and you're able to get it. That means they probably know a little bit about Humvees and the, the situation because they got on they got onto the armory to get it, right? So they, they may have a little bit of knowledge there. Steal a vehicle, um, remove uh, any identifiers from it, uh, change plates. There's really not anything. You can buy those Humvees. 
in the in the you can that it's in right there. You can buy one, and they're they're cheap, by the way. I looked. Yeah, I, I know. I got a buddy of mine who actually, my bu- a friend of mine went to a Desert Storm auction and he bought one. I mean, that's yeah. that's what just old stuff we had left over, and he bought one, and I think he paid. I want to say he paid like four thousand for it cash. Yeah. And it came yeah. with the extra seats in the back. It came with the the. It didn't come with the gun, but it came with the mount for the fifty cal. And mm-hmm. he also got the the no flat tires, the run or the run flat tire, whatever they were. He also got the snorkel in case you wanted to go up and water with it. You know. Yeah. I mean, you can get all those all those great features. Though some states actually require you to cap off the turret um, so that it can't be used. Well, yeah, it, he didn't actually get the gun. He just got the mount for it. Like that's all it was. You know, the the opening no, I mean, up there at the top. The but. entire opening has to be sealed. Like, you oh have yeah, to seal yeah, yeah. To where it's welded shut in some states. Yeah. So, well, interestingly enough, like when he bought it, it didn't come with a key, obviously, because Humvees don't have keys. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he had to come up with this uh, this ingenious way to keep people from stealing it. So he wasn't actually able to go in and and add a key to it. He didn't do that. What he did was he welded a a big industrial chain to it, and then he put a you know a couple of padlocks on it. So if anybody wanted to get to it, plus he had to put a club on the steering wheel. So anybody that wanted to get to that thing, they had to go through a uh, uh, a lot of work to get to it. Yeah, but I mean, really, uh, it boils down to why would you want to steal one of those? The the amount of abuse those things get over the years. The only reason you would steal one is to push a current narrative in, in this tense political time. That kind of makes me wonder is exactly that. Oh, look, look, here's some Trump supporters that, that are masquerading as uh, as insurrect or as National Guard that are that are performing this insurrection. Yeah, you see this? Yeah, I could see something. Uh, I could totally see a narrative like that coming out of the media and, and trying to spin it to where it looks like exactly that. So but where did you say this was again? Which state? California? This is California. The The L.A. office is uh, looking into it. The L.A. Uh, field office out there is looking. The FBI field office is looking into it. It's a bit of a drive if you're going to go from California to D.C. in the next, you know, three days, if you're going to try to use it down there. At eight miles so, to the gallon. At eight miles to the gallon, yeah. So I, I personally don't think it's going to be something like that, but... But they're also like Newsom has activated the National Guard out there and they're they're all being, you know, fenced into their uh, their Capitol buildings. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I do. They expect they're going to get it like transported down there and they're going to filter into like that's not going to happen. You don't just no. You don't just appear in, inside of the military and get no. Away and with typically, it. and typically, when you see Humvees, when you see military Humvees, they're typically in a convoy. They're not running around by themselves. Typically, unless you're yeah. on post, right? Well, I mean, I, I see them from time to time, but yeah, from time to time. But you're, you're next to a military base, so that makes sense. Well, not. I mean, in the military base is—it's actually someone that owns one that. Bought oh, okay. It. Bought right, it. I got you. Which, by the way, side note: if you actually buy one of those. It is difficult to get the registration in some states because they're not registered. They're they're like, there's no registry there. So when you buy one from the government, there's no registration. So it it can be difficult to get it registered for, you know, anyway, side note. Are you saying the government doesn't register things? (laughs) Why would they? They're the government. They're above the law. That's a good point. Well, speaking of the inauguration, and I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit this afternoon, I guess, but Bill Maher liberal comedian guy on HBO. Mm-hmm. He's actually put out an interesting point. He says, why are we having an inauguration when people are being told not to travel and avoid crowds because of COVID? I mean, it's a fair point. 
He's right. He says, why not just junk the whole thing? Why are we going outside? I mean, all I hear in the news is just because of COVID, we have to not travel and not get into big crowds. So why is there an inauguration? He says, why can't he just go into a room? All you need is a room, a wife, a judge, a balloon, and a copy of the old... Uh, he's talking about the copy of the, of the old book of Jewish fairy tales to put your hand on, and you're done, Mr. Theologian. I mean, yeah, that's his opinion of it. No, I don't really have any... Um statement there uh, as far as i mean yeah free to have it it's america he is yeah he's he's free to have it but he's got a good point why don't we just inaugurate joe biden in his basement why why are we even inaugurating joe biden it's kamala harris and we all know it she hasn't resigned her senate seat yet you notice that yeah that's that's um i don't know if they i i don't know the trend of of vps and their typically typically i I thought they would well typically yeah it's it's usually done almost right away, almost. Yeah. When it's a when it's a done deal on an election, then they usually resign straight away. But supposedly, this has been a done deal since election night, right? Yeah. And she well, has before resigned. election night. Oh yeah, yeah. Before election. Before election. Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't even bother to go out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Record voters and yeah. Record minorities vote for Trump. And anyway, yeah, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Moving along. All right. Space news. What do you got? Well, God, there's a lot in space news, actually. But this one I thought was fun. There's a quasar that we just uh, identified in space. Now, the reason this one is so so special is it's really far out. I mean, it's way out there. Um, we're talking 13.3, excuse me, 13.03 billion light years. That's with a B. And how, how, are is, we, how are we able to see this? Well, the quasar is 1,000 times more luminous than our entire galaxy combined. Like every star in the galaxy, everything that emits light in our galaxy combined is only a fraction of the, the luminousness or whatever. Luminosity? I don't know, whatever. So is this, as a, this, is this a galaxy or is a single star? So what a quasar is, is it's essentially a black hole. And it's a supermassive black hole. Uh, a supermassive black hole has so much material going into it that it, um, well, the, well it, it basically the material going in is like plasma state because it's right. stars, it's, you know, gases, debris, whatever. And it creates a, um, uh, what's it called here? It, and it's been theorized that it's been theorized that at the center of our galaxy, the Milky Way, that is a supermassive black hole as well, correct? Yeah, actually, they're saying that every galaxy probably has a supermassive black hole at the center of it. Um, the, basically, the the enormous amount of energy that's that's going on here with the uh, consumption of the stars and the other superheated matter, it just it produces light. And it's so massive and so much light that... Um, Actually, they're saying that this is um, this puts into question the very theory of supermassive black holes uh, because this black hole is 670 million years old. That that's the current um, guesstimate, if you will, of how old it is. Um, that that challenges the very the the models we have of how a supermassive black hole grows or forms. Um, the the quasar or the the black hole that's uh, the supermassive black hole is more than 1.6 billion times the size of our sun. So is this another galaxy then? Uh, This is a single entity uh, inside of a galaxy. Uh, Okay, so there's a galaxy that surrounds it then. Is that right? Basically, yeah. Basically, this supermassive black hole is consuming the galaxy, more or less. 
Yeah. So, uh, all right. I, I have a I have a hard time trying to digest this because every time we start looking into stuff like this, it makes my head spin because I'm trying yeah. to figure out how on earth can we make these kinds of discoveries and yet we can't figure out how to deal with these idiots in the local town hall. <laughs> it's because we have scientists running this. It is absolutely fascinating. It, it, it's fascinating to me that it's just, oh, all right. So, all right. What what is this? What does this mean then? Is this just it, it's overwritten another scientific theory that we already had then? Is that it? So it, it's it's challenging the theory we have on how supermassive black holes form. So because this is basically they're saying they formed over a very long period of time. Um, well, this one formed six hundred million or six hundred and seventy million years ago, and uh, actually, I, I don't even really know why it's challenging. It can not, not a, come to think of it because are they i guess it has to do with the the, the rate of the galaxy is expanding or excuse me the universe is expanding you go back 13 billion years because that's how long it took the light to get here how old is the universe isn't it something like 20 billion i i think so uh, that's that's so, my guess well yeah that's i think that's the number i've heard thrown around before but our our yeah. galaxy said to be was what'd you say it was like 260 million years old yeah it's fairly young and uh, as far as galactic standards are concerned. <sighs> so it's safe to say that the world's not going to be ending from climate change anytime soon. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, we, we, we could say climate change, the heat death of the universe. Yeah, that, that's going to be a ways off. Yeah. Well, no, well I, I'm confused because Bernie Sanders has said that the world's going to end in like seven years. Yeah. So if you, you well, geez, the world's going to end. So we don't really know how long the sun's going to last, to be fair. I mean, our sun may only last 4 billion years and then supernova, and in which case it will destroy the Earth. So, I mean, you know, maybe it's, it's 4 point. to 7 billion years. Maybe maybe he, he maybe he's saying 7 billion years. I don't know. He, uh, he's, I don't know. When, when Professor Professor Dr. Sanders uh, puts forth his uh, his his uh, assumptions on uh, climate change and his theories on climate change, I get a little skeptical. Same thing when it comes to any of these uh, idiots in government, when they put their predictions forth and their doomsday scenarios it's uh yeah it's a little bit a uh, little bit annoying anyway all right um anything else on that yeah so to clarify real quick the reason this is putting the theoretical models that we have of, of the gross gr growth of supermassive black holes into into question this galaxy so the the supermassive black hole is pretty young if you will no it's not um let's see God, I got to change all of this stuff that I was saying. This supermassive black hole would have had to existed 670 million years after the Big Bang. So the theory behind creating supermassive black holes is the entire like galaxy died. So you have a bunch of stars going supernova at once, collapsing into black holes, and all those black holes coalescing into one larger one. That's one theory. Uh, the second theory is just a, a cluster of stars collapsing into a single black hole. This galaxy would have been far too young to have any of those things happen to create hmm. a supermassive black hole like this. Anyway. Interesting. I don't know, man. I, I just, we start getting in, getting into all that stuff. I mean, it, that goes, goes along with the, um, you know, these discoveries we made of like these galaxies that are like two billion, two and a half billion light years out where we were getting like signals from or something. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's just, you think about it. If you think about it, if you're talking about this one is like 13 billion or whatever, 13 yeah. point six billion or whatever it was you said the amount of time that that entire thing could have collapsed and we're just now seeing it yeah we're seeing an echo of its its life that is yeah that is incredible that you're looking yeah. at stars and uh and quasars and all the rest of them and 
you know, or, or a binary system or, or whatever. And if it's burned out or if it's gone, Nova, we don't even know it yet. That's it's just fascinating because mm-hmm. the light hasn't made it here yet. Fascinating. Anyway. All right. We like doing these. And I thought we could do one of these today. Uh, there's another one after the uh, after the week last week of uh, This Week in Campus Insanity. And this is uh, a weekly roundup of the craziest developments at the nation's 4,000 plus institutes of, quote, higher learning. So these are always nice. Uh, and, I, and I love getting the reaction from everybody when I when I uh, talk about these. University of Louisville professor. All Republicans are guilty of the Capitol attack and should be forced to shut the hell up. Mm. Yeah. A University of Louisville professor wrote in an op-ed that Republicans should be forced to shut the hell up about the Capitol Hill riot unless they denounced their former support for Donald Trump. So unless you denounce Trump, see, this is a classic telltale sign of Marxism. See, if you just denounce this thing, then you're going to be left alone, right? That's what it is. It's well, just just admit to what we're telling you that needs to be true, and then we'll leave you alone for a time until the next thing comes along, of course, and then it'll be that. And then, see, you're supposed to argue that and go back and forth. That's what Mao called a struggle session. It's Marxism. Learn about dialectical materialism, okay? The thesis, the antithesis, the process of synthesis, and then it, the new situation emerges. That's a struggle session. That's Marx 101. That's what this guy's saying, right? Or am I mistaken? I mean, that that's pretty pretty much it. Like straightforward. Yeah. That's Marxism. Like fascist. Like ugh, yeah, yeah. So Marx, do what yeah. we tell you. Yeah, do what we tell you, and uh, we'll leave you alone. Yeah, just for a time. Yeah, till the next one comes along. That right there, that's Marxism. That's a Marxist professor. University of Chicago takes steps towards the launch of critical race studies department. They're doing an entire department. They're, they're going to do a whole department of critical race studies. University of Chicago will consider funding to explore the creation of a department of critical race studies. Critical race theory holds that American legal institutions are inherently racist. So am I am I going to be able to get a degree there for critical race studies? Is that what is that what that means? Uh, your guess is as good as mine on that one, buddy. I, I'm not sure. So I, I guess this is going to be one of the new degrees. I mean, do they have critical race theory professors? I mean, do they have degrees in that, I guess? Or is that what I they're mean, trying to introduce? Uh, that, that's what I'm I'm wondering, because we, we already have a, um, you know, wonderful, wonderful line of underwater basket weaving businesses to, to go. Don't forget about comprehensive out. napkin folding. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, isn't that also known as origami? Anyway. And of course, you have gender studies. Don't forget that one. Oh, yeah. Gender studies. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, my favorite, you, you go my favorite university degree, though, of all time, general studies, general studies. Yeah. Yeah. That's the degree that junior gets from mom and dad that need to send him to a university that they pay just one hundred and thirty thousand dollars for for a piece of paper. That's general mm-hmm. studies. Mm-hmm. And say my boy went to you know whatever Harvard University, by the way, Harvard University says they want to revoke all degrees of government employees that support Trump. That's not problematic or anything, is it? How do you how do you revoke someone's degree that's been like they've gone there and gotten the education? How do you revoke their degree? Well, see, see, comrade, they've lost their way. And so they need to now learn the error of their ways. And so Uh if they revoke that um, that degree until you learn the error of your ways, then at that point you can get your degree back. You see how that is? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's a, a form of social credit, in other words. Yeah. Yeah. Penn State professor says that campus conservative group bears responsibility for the Capitol riot. I love how people are calling this a riot. That's that's hilarious. 
A distinguished professor at Penn State University claimed that the Young America's Foundation organization bears responsibility for the Capitol riot and said that under no condition would he support the creation of a Young Americans Foundation chapter on the campus. So, okay, so so what you're saying is, is they were literally there and they were some of the ones that were doing damages, right? Is that is that is that what he's alluding to? I, I guess I, I don't know. It's I, I'm looking. I'm. I think this is kind of some kind of guilt by association kind of thing. You know what I mean? So your organization stands for something and then they're just, you notice how they're blaming everybody for what happened at, at the Capitol, right? See, if you go out and you loot and you burn a business and, and all that stuff, if you're out there looting and smashing and burning. That's fine. You can't, you can't loop everybody into that. You can't put people in there looking for social justice. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't corral all those people, you know, all those thugs. You can't corral that all into one. But a couple of hundred Antifa, I'm sorry, did I say that? Um, Trump supporters go into the Capitol building and take a few hundred idiot followers along with them. Well, every single conservative is to blame. Yeah, and that's exactly my point in, in saying what I was saying is that by what he's saying, he's literally the the only argument they have is if they were legitimately there doing that. But I'm willing to bet they probably weren't. And honestly, then you have nothing. If you weren't there and you didn't you know, call for the violence yourself, you have nothing to do with it. Again, it's, it's putting everybody, putting everybody into groups and then pitting the groups against each other. Divide and conquer. Okay, uh, let me see. Next one here. Common app to students. Stark differences in how black and white protesters are treated. A college admission application service told high school seniors that minority protesters are treated differently than white protesters due to systemic racism. Ah, I, I actually believe systemic racism does have something to do with this, but it's not in the way they're saying it. Yeah, it's turned back on itself again, just like everything else. Yeah, it's it's more of a it, we we've had Democrat politicians in in locations that have basically screwed over the minority groups in those cities and put them under their thumb, and now they believe a narrative that well the system's racist. No, your politician that instituted these things are racist. They're they're creating a identity politic. You know the the whole one side against the other. Well, they, the struggle they need. They need the struggle. It has to be a point and a point and a counterpoint to it in everything. Absolutely everything. When I say that Marxism is about dialectical materialism, you have to understand what the dialectics are of Marxism. Every single thing in society becomes the struggle. Everything. That's how they do it. Michigan State professor says that telling someone you can't understand their accent is linguistic racism. A linguistics and education professor at Michigan State University said that asking a person to repeat themselves due to their accent is a form of linguistic racism. Hmm. So we, we should not strive to understand one another. You know, I've never criticized somebody for their accent ever. I've never done that. And the reason I don't do that is because usually, and I'm talking about somebody that speaks, for example, English as a second or even third or fourth language, right? I don't criticize someone over their accent because I know how difficult English is to comprehend, right? English is one of the most difficult languages in the world to learn. I don't care what anybody says. All the different slang terms and the speed and the tempo and the way that we present it and the way that the English language has been absolutely hammered over the last over the last 30 years. I don't even recognize what these idiots are saying half the time now. You know, I talk to non-native English speakers all the time, obviously. I'm not in the U.S., but there's a very big English influence here where I'm at. And I always get the response when someone speaks English to me. I always get the response of, oh, I'm sorry about my accent. And I say, 
Have I said anything about that? I, I don't criticize someone because I'll be honest with you, you can speak better than most. And I'm not criticizing uh, other people. I'm talking about people that are native English speakers. I, I'm not talking about people that are non-native English speakers because the people that are non-native English speakers that I've run into in recent years speak better English than the people that are native to it in most cases of by modern standards. That's just my opinion because the last time I was in the States... I felt like I needed a translator to figure out what in the hell some of these kids were saying. Yeah, I, I typically make fun of uh, native English speakers, not the uh, not the ones that right. are learning to speak English. Yeah, like so, yeah. people around here, uh, around my neck of the woods, round I, I make parts, fun of them. Round these parts. Yeah. Round these parts. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. it's both. Um, but here, they say things like pillar for pillow, winder. You actually said Porsche. pillar? Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating it a little bit, but yeah. You say creek, I, I actually. Creek. Which one do you say? Creek. Creek. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I I have family that say both, so yeah. All right, I got you. But yeah, I I make fun of uh, I make fun of native English speakers because I'm like, do you have any idea what the hell you just said? You know, but I. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm serious. But I, I don't make fun of non-native uh, speakers because they speak better than most English speakers do. And I, I'm not even joking. I'm not exaggerating. And I know we have a lot of non-native English speakers that listen to us. Believe me, you speak better English than most natives. Trust me. Trust me on that one. Uh, OK. University of Pittsburgh graphs aborted babies. Um, I don't even know if I want to talk about this one. Um University of Pittsburgh graphs aborted baby scalps for rodent experiment. Uh, th this is just hideous. Th this is not insanity. Well, maybe it is insanity, but this is just like this is morbid. University of Pittsburgh researchers obtained the bodies of aborted babies from a local hospital. You mean a local Planned Parenthood clinic and grafted the baby's scalps to rodents for an immunology experiment. I don't even know what to say to that. Hmm. that that's just that's disgusting. Like, that's sick. That is sick. I, I would. Oh, they've you, actually. OK, so they've been doing that for a while. Grafting. Have they? Uh, various body parts. Yeah. From humans onto rodents. OK, I get like skin then, grafts and you have like tissue donors and all that stuff. I understand. But aborted babies. Really? Well, we, we've seen the video that came out uh, here a few years back when uh, people infiltrated um, Planned Parenthood and what they were doing, selling baby body parts. And it's a federal offense that's illegal. Um, but it was was that it was, was that Veritas? Uh, no, I, I think it was it was two guys that did that. I don't think it was Veritas because they're both in prison. They're in prison. They're in prison for getting the secret recordings, not Planned Parenthood for doing federal crimes. Let me yes. guess, they got them on some HIPAA law garbage. Uh, I actually don't know what they got them on. I, I really don't. I don't know if they're still in prison or if they're out now. But they might have done some kind of BS thing about whether, uh, depending on what state it was where you have to have consent of the person recording or something like that. Some states only have a, a like you can record without consent and when it's a public location. But because it was a private, technically, uh, behind the scenes and whatnot, I, I don't know. They probably got them uh -huh. on some BS thing like that. Instead of looking at the, the crime that was done, you know, the actual crime. But, you know. Right, right. We are out of time, so we are going to have to go. But uh, thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For always stopping some more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.